sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you, as always, after the game two of the finals between the uh, Heat and the Nuggets. As always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Salop on the other side of the country, but also next to me is Ben Guest, basketball coach, author, and, uh, and friend. So uh, what's up, guys? What's up, Combo? How'd you feel about this game, Coach Nick? I'm really trying to hear your thoughts on this one. <laughs> you know, before the game started, I was like, this is the one that they, they're going to get, right? Or this is the one they kind of have to get, right? If it's 2-0, I think that's it's too tough for them. Um, but I think a lot of what I said in game one in the video breakdown kind of comes true, right? They, they shot better. Certainly, they got a lot better out of Struess in the beginning, which I thought was a relief. He didn't sustain that by any stretch. Um, but obviously, I think it was a tale of the three-point shooting, wouldn't you say? I would say so. And Duncan Robinson's development has just been incredible. His ability to get in the lane, make plays, shoot how he's always shot. And for a guy that was out of the rotation for a little bit to just come back in the playoffs and make an impact like that was just incredible, in my opinion. Absolutely. I'm going to call up the uh, the box for real quick just so we can get there. But Ben, what are your thoughts to start off? 100%. Second that. And also Robinson, not just shooting threes, but attacking the basket, drawing two two defenders with him off that side uh, screening action, just huge difference maker tonight. Absolutely. Let's, let's get some numbers up here while we're here. Um, so Duncan Robinson finished the game. Uh, he only played 17 minutes, very impactful. 17 minutes It's kind of weird. Almost. I thought for sure he'd be a plus 20 in the, in the minutes. I think 10 points, four or five from the field and uh, only, only one assist. Interesting. I think maybe one of those passes they threw, like the guys got fouled perhaps like it would have been another one. But uh, other notable scores out there, uh, they had Gabe Vincent with 23. And, you know, to me, it's funny. Gabe Vincent, I feel like I wasn't sold as a starter on a good team in the NBA. Uh, but obviously, I think this playoff uh, run has really proven that he, he's he got it. He feels he looks like he belongs. He looks like he feels like he belongs. Uh, and he's been real tough. Most definitely. The confidence has just been incredible. And you know, you're talking about Duncan Robinson's stats, but just his presence and his confidence was so apparent. He just put his imprint on the game more than the stats even shown. Absolutely. Uh, now, a couple other guys. So we had Bam Adebayo with 21. Again, uh, he, he's finding some success going at Jokic in the paint a little bit, finding that mid-range area to kind of score on him. So that's the thing that's hurting the Nuggets a bit. Um, and, and on the flip side, let's see. So overall, the three-point shooting was 17 for 35 for almost, you know, 49% almost from from three. Uh, you're not going to lose many games uh, shooting that well. Now, on the, on the flip side, the Nuggets went 11 for 28. They were 39%, so they were not that far off. Um, but again, when you get outscored by six threes, you're going to lose a lot of those games, which didn't play out last game. But we, what we saw, though, was, um, I don't know, like three or four of those threes were made in the fourth quarter yeah, after it kind of felt like it was decided in game one. So now this is this was much more to form, and then those some of those threes were crucial. Uh, I think KCP fouling on those three-point shots was a real problem too. Uh, certainly, certainly, you know, when you're down by three at the last, you know, possession, you probably want those six free throws back, wouldn't you say? Six points. Yeah, Close. yeah. I mean, you guys are coaches. What adjustments do you think or what were they talking about before this game? That was really apparent to you guys because obviously they made some changes. Well, one thing that we talked about last game is just, as the saying goes, it's a make or miss league. And Miami was just hitting their shots. But I think not only, and you referenced this combo, not only Duncan Robinson's uh, four or five from the field, 
but the attention he was drawing opened up open shots for Vincent and maybe Struess as well. And it also just seemed like the Miami Heat playbook is hang around, hang around. I mean, Miami, Denver was up by 10, 12, 15, I think at one point. Mm, 15. And uh, just hang around and and win it at the end. And that's exactly what they did. And Jimmy with, well, some, timely, have, t- with some timely buckets, right? Jimmy, yeah. he just knows I, when to I score. have a nugget. I have a nugget. Hey, it's good. You've, got a, a, you've got a great nugget. Uh, I've got wow. a nugget that I don't know if anyone else is noticing. I'm going to uh, chart it all and have it in the video so that no one, you won't see it in the video. I'll tell you what it is in a second. Uh, but I think we discovered something in the offense of the Heat um, that is gonna, that's been killing uh, the Nuggets. And it certainly did tonight. I'm going to break that to everybody as breaking news. But first, we have some questions. And remember, if you're over on the YouTube side and you want to have your question answered, the best way to do it is with the Super Chat. It really helps us keep the show going. I can't thank you enough. And we're going to we put you on the screen. We give you all sorts of love. Um, and guess what? We already have a, a number of them in the, through the pipeline we got to get to. So the first one we have is from Daryl Wallace, friend of the breakdown. Daryl, thanks so much. Great to see you. And really, really generous. Really appreciate that. Um, Miami got a lot of calls in their favor. <laughs> That's true. And the refs missed a goaltending call on Bam Adebayo, but Denver put themselves in a bad spot by having so many miscommunications on defense. Wow, did Daryl hack our hack my notes on my phone? I think he might have. That's a great take. Almost word for word. That goaltend was pretty bad. Uh, the ball was on its way down, and it was kind of like in front of the rim. Like, you know, back in the day, they invented goaltending because George Mikan would just stand in front of the rim and just swat shots away, and you can sense that that wasn't fair. Um, you, you saw that one, uh, combo. How bad do you think that call was? Yeah, bad call. Um, you know, things in the playoffs, it's not like they get to see it on TV and see the replay. Things are in full speed and it's a little bit more difficult when you're going in real time. I hear you. And that is the one that's really, really difficult. And, uh, among all the other, cause you gotta do, you're, you're trying to see, uh, contact and, and the ball and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, then you have to get up there. It's not easy at all. Right. Now, the flip side was there was a terrible call on Bam Adebayo fouling Nikolai Jokic, which the replay showed he didn't foul him. Yeah. That's the one where Bam was calling for a replay, but Spo didn't do it. But, yeah. But then Jokic gets a terrible offensive foul call. Right. Uh, when Vincent falls down in front of him and he runs over him. Um, that was strange. Uh, or he trips over him. That, that was weird. So did you guys see miscommunications on defense the first game as well? Because Struis got a lot of wide-open looks in the first game. I yeah. mean, the Miami Heat in general were getting a lot of wide-open looks. Do you feel like the difference was that they were just knocking them down this game? Yes, and the thing that we noticed right away was the miscommunications on the switches. They were In the first mm-hmm. half, there were several miscommunications on how they wanted to switch the – the which defender is guarding which offensive player on the ball screen. The, the yeah. basic thing, one of them we had, I, I tweeted it out was what well, KCP slides up like he's going to hedge, which is not a switch. And the way he was positioned, it seemed that way. So MPJ didn't move, but then all of a sudden, neither did KPG and then neither did, uh, KCP. Yeah. So um, I think that was Struce just, you know, yeah. slips it. So you can see they put a lot of pressure on the defense when they slip those ball screens quickly uh, before you get a chance to even react. So that's another key there. Um, but, um, but they, they really need to clean it up. And, I, and we thought for sure halftime, they'll go through that. They'll clean it all up. And it did feel that way. They got a 15 point lead. Everything seemed normal, but if we're going to take anything away from this Miami heat team, it's if they don't quit, uh, they keep playing hard, they stay with it. And, uh, and, and, you know, eventually those threes are going to start going back in. Right. Everything seemed normal. And then Duncan Robinson gets in and they start messing up the switches again. And we were kind of watching the who was pointing and whose responsibility was. There was one more thing that Daryl mentioned, though, that was this is my biggest takeaway from the game. He talked about the miscommunication 
on defense for Denver. And we all know couples relationships where they have a lack of communication and the, and the relationship's a mess. Wow. Miami's the opposite. Miami is that couple that has great communication that talks everything out right away and keeps it moving. And that was my <laughs> takeaway. There was that Jimmy Butler turnover when Butler got in in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he got in, he turned the ball over and Miami sprinted back in transition called out who's got who yeah. and stopped it. I mean, their communication is perfect, especially when the going gets tough. Yeah, if we could to if we could equate talent to good looks, I mean, they're not the most good-looking couple, but yes. they communicate really well. <laughs> yeah. that, that makes them pretty. Um, but again, that's another important point about a turnover is a live ball turnover isn't necessarily a killer if they don't score on the other end. Right. And so we need to have degrees of how bad turnovers are because, A, there's dead ball turnover, which is probably the, the least impactful. Then there are the live ones where they don't score. and that's uh, But then it's the ones, the pick sixes, where they get the dunks and the open threes. Those are the ones that really kill you. So, um, it, And, we, and yeah. it was close to a pick six. I mean, it was, you know, out of this it's center yeah. court, but they just sprinted back and at altitude in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, Miami is that um, couple that's not so good looking. But just as yeah. a fun, a fun, and great communication for sure. And for I mean, sure. De- De- Denver was doing some great stuff on offense in the second half, and Miami still got it done. Like Jokic was doing his thing, Jamal Murray. It's like just Miami finds a way to get it done. It's not that Denver didn't show up; like they were doing Denver things, but Miami still got it done. Yeah. Our, our whole conversation until midway through the fourth was just what Denver's doing, what we're going to talk about with Denver, and. Miami Heat, in typical Heat fashion, just hang around and win the game. Right. I mean, in fact, Denver almost stole it, which is – I don't think you can steal a (laughs) a home game. You can't steal a home game, but, like, they had to almost steal it with the threes at the end, uh, and that would have been amazing. The freaking Heat didn't follow up by three, and, um, you know, it was a a contested shot, but, like, that's just too close. Murray hits the rim. It, like, could have gone in to tie it. Um, I – I got to look through my brain and my hard drive. I might have some notes on on certain – I mean, I I used to kind of keep a track of the list, who doesn't foul – I don't remember Spolster being on that list, I, I, but but then again, maybe I haven't track, tracked it. So I'm going to go deep, dig deep and find out. Maybe for the video, I'll mention it yeah. to the play-by-play to see. And, and great question by Daryl to start us off. Thank you, Yes, Darryl. thank you so much. Now, our next Super Chat. Thank you uh, again to Daryl. Uh, we have a guy, Andre Henry. My I think someone in my family once said, never trust a guy with two first names. Hmm. But in this case, we are definitely going to uh, to trust Andre Henry. Thank you so much. Really generous. Uh, Coach, as a Heat fan, where is Jimmy Butler? This is not the same guy who terrorized and had 56 points earlier in the playoffs. Is he just gassed? I don't think he's gassed. You think he looks tired, Ben? Nope, I, don't. Um, I, I, I don't know how. To, I think he's injured. I literally think he's injured, and they don't, they're not saying wow. what it is. I mean, what do you like, I mean, from watching them throughout the course of the season, because I do watch them, Jimmy just does this, and I'm not sure the reason why. I've, I've actually talked to people within the Heat, and – I never really get a straight answer why, but he just seems to not want to be a guy that wants to average 30 or 32 or 33. He wants to be a part of the team. But when he gets to a situation where he feels like he has to score, he will do it. I think him and Jokic are similar in that way. Like they will leave a lot of what they do on the table and get it done at the end of the game when they have to. And Jimmy did hit some big shots in timely moments, but I don't think he wants to be the guy that averages 40 and drags a team to the championship he wants to be a part of the team and then when he has to he does score that 40 50 points right my, my takeaway was to me he looked fatigued uh, but it okay. may just be that maybe that the, getting the team involved and and 
I noticed that when Gordon was the primary defender on Jimmy, he was reluctant to attack Gordon, who obviously has size on him and was hunting the, the switch for KCP. But then at the end of the game, like you're saying, Gamba, one, he hits that huge three. And then two, he scores on Jokic. And as part of their zone, he's guarding Jokic on the other end at the at the free throw line. I mean, I mean when, when Jimmy, at the end. When Jimmy says he really only cares about winning and Jokic says it as well, I think that's the biggest common denominator with those these two stars. Like they really don't care about stats. Like anybody could say it, but these two are true to their word. Yeah, and, and then, you, then you could also see that Jokic at some point it's like f this, I'm going. Yes, given the ball, we I have to take over. I'm going to do it, and he and he did, and yeah. that was what you know. It, it, listen, it's easy to say when the Heat win this game. Okay, great, Jimmy, you're a team player. You're not doing it, but uh, or or you're just kind of being part of the team. But I, we're going to be back to this. Trust me, Andre. There's going to be another loss for the Heat, and we're going to say where the hell is Jimmy Butler? And it's not good enough That's to fair. say. Uh, he's, you know, just trying to blend in, whatever. But, but for right now, I mean, huge, huge win, and it's great to see the team work uh, with, with that and with the zone and with different things. Yeah, I mean, if Jimmy still has this forty or fifty point game in his back pocket, I mean, Denver yeah. might be in some trouble, right? If he gets one or two of those, I mean, this is a real yeah. seven game series. Absolutely. All of a sudden, it goes a lot longer than the five that I thought or six. Right. But you know, we can't ignore the fact that you know Denver still you know, ho-hum 15-point lead, you know, and they they went about their business. Uh, and, and it looked, you know, there are certainly more minutes in the series so far that look very perilous for the Heat. Yeah. And and that's still, 100%. you can't ignore that. So, uh, you know, the video will be interesting for tomorrow to, to really examine exactly what that is because it wasn't Aaron Gordon this time, um, right? Aaron Gordon ended up with, uh, you know, actually Aaron Gordon was five for seven for 12 points, but certainly did not have any near the impact that he did in, in the, just in that first quarter alone. Exactly. Like even second half, he wasn't very impactful over the last game. So it's been like right. the last three halves pretty much where they haven't been taking advantage of the Aaron Gordon mismatches where they probably should feature that more in the first half of the next game. Well, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the new starting lineup, which is what we, I think we had talked about after game one, as far as bringing Kevin Love in. And that does seem to help as well. It's not just a complete mouse in the house. Aaron Gordon, I'm going, you know, easily uh, with, with with love there. Not that love is like, you know, a great defender by any stretch, but he is big enough where Gordon's not just going to do it. Although he did do one. He did do one bully, yeah. uh, I think, drive. But love, sure. love had excellent rotations for defensive help when he was in. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's been playing 40-plus minutes for the last two months or whatever it is. But even tonight, right, where he, he looks gassed, he's got nine assists, and one turnover in 40 minutes. I mean, he's just fundamentally, mm -hmm. as Combo's saying, he's always making the right team play. Um, so that's just a beautiful thing to watch. And then his, you know, his will to win at the end is is uh, unparalleled. And, and these plus minuses are really, really fascinating if you look at them. Because, again, the Nuggets had a 15-point lead. They were kind of cruising for a while, felt like they were going to take it. But when you look at the plus minuses, you got plus 22 for Vincent, plus 18 for Love. Love had, by the way, 10 rebounds in 22 minutes, just hoovering them up. And then meanwhile, the plus minus on the Nugget side, and again, they had control. They, it, there was a profound moment here where the game was going to be a blowout for them. You got uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s negative 15, uh, Jokic negative 11, uh, KCP negative 14. So um, that's a real problem. We did know that they built a lot of that lead on the, on the, um, on the back of the – bench for the Nuggets so that's probably one of the reasons why you see Jokic at negative 11 but um this is an interesting series where there's a lot to to dive into on this with the coaching uh, can, to figure that out can I do a quick rant on plus minus 
Yeah. So, so, so Jokic had 41 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, shot 57%, 40% from three, and is negative 11. So that's why plus well, minus. It's just when you play that many minutes, right? It kind of goes out the window if you lose, right? Right. Right. It's yeah. a noise. Yeah. And like, right. Because by the way, you'll see sometimes where, you know, these two players played most of the time together, but you'll see one guy at like plus 10, another guy at minus six, right? right. And even though there might have only been like four minutes where they weren't on this court together, or three minutes and something like that. So or, it's a noisy stat. But... Duncan Robinson minus six, but yeah. I, I think he was the key in the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter. It's kind of a little bit of a, a game of runs with Miami at the end. With First it was Vincent, then it was Robinson, and then it was Butler and, and Bam. Kind yeah. of carried them I'd like, to hear, I'd like to hear your thoughts. On, what are your thoughts on PER? I hate it. It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's a oh, wow. it's a, I hate it. Sorry, John, <laughs> but it's like it's just well, some. I feel like I feel like John's a smart guy, thing. but doesn't mean anything to me. Per literally has the word efficiency in the name, and they don't take efficiency into account. If you take more shots than your P- and, and you score more points, but yeah, don't raise so, your efficiency. It goes so up. I mean, like, so two K does a one number score to evaluate players. What do you think right. is the best way? going about that not to you know drift too far off topic i've got the answer i've oh. got my i've got my answer lay, lay it on us <laughs> wins produced which was created oh, yeah. by a uh, economics professor at southern utah named dr david barry and so wow. he used regression analysis peer-reviewed uh journal article and then wrote a book called wages of wins that malcolm gladwell referenced in the new yorker article so I've look up wins re- produced i've david definitely barry. read i've definitely read blank great book yeah, yeah. Gladwell, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the next super chat. Thank you so much, Ven. Ven, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, the Heat proved me wrong, though. Me thought too. The, thought the Nuggets in four, but Heat zone is real and alive. So their zone, they're doing a one-three-one. I'm going to go back to the Celtics. I think if I have time, I don't think we saw that alignment because they didn't. They didn't freaking throw it to the high post like they're doing now. Mm-hmm. The one-three-one is great because now, even though it's Vincent, it's enough for some bizarre reason to. Thwart that pass to Jokic at least initially until the, the shot clock starts winding down. Um, it's working really, really well. There are a couple times when they figured it out, but uh, I, I'm you know until I'm watch, I ended up and they end up having like a two point points per possession. I don't think they did though. No, I think they no, the zone they struggled. Effective. The one three one was effective because it stops the high their, post. The high post, which is that's how Jokic is going to kill you. Yeah, and they might even play around with that and not have Vincent there. I know they had Butler there at some points. Um, you know, play around maybe some bigger players in that position too, just to kind of you know have more of a of a, of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? To, more efficient? No, just have a bigger body to uh-huh. thwart that pass um, as an obstacle. Yes, combo. I'm just saying, like from this question, I mean, I think the Heat have proved everybody wrong in a lot of ways, right? Like Denver thought. I mean, a lot of people thought Denver was going to have an easy series here, and. Miami proves every series that they're nothing to play with. Don't count them out. And we're not playing around. And this is going to be a long series. And they proved it again here, even with Denver's elite offense, because I actually posted today at IG, like what are the adjustments that Miami could actually make? I mean, it, it wasn't that apparent. The only thing that was apparent is that they had to shoot the basketball better. Right. Besides that, yep. there was, there was no, like, I mean, more Kevin love minutes, maybe, I mean, maybe more Highsmith minutes, but besides that, there wasn't much Spo could do. Like he was in a really tough position after Game One. Well, let's but let's not forget Kevin Love was pretty profound. Like it was a really good important he this mountain yeah. pass uh, and the rebounding, uh, and then he made oh I switched it off. He made one three. 
Um, he made a couple threes. If he, and he needs to do that. Like, that's the other thing I mentioned to you in the middle of the game. For, for all the – anything he was doing with rebounding or even a couple outlet passes, he they need the couple threes. They need that spacing. They need that that contribution from him there uh, to justify those minutes. And he hit them. So that's that's as well that, – that's as good as they would have gotten. And even though he was only two for nine, he didn't shoot well. Um, but but with the, those were crucial uh, in, in, in terms of him. And get, he was plus eighteen, if we're allowed to say that. Uh, but so Kevin, uh, Love, so Kevin Love got nine threes up. What you said, six. Kevin Love? Six. I mean, to be honest, like just getting shots up creates gravity, especially yeah. if you're especially if you're a respected shooter like Kevin Love. Like that helps you, even though your percentage isn't great. It could just create spacing. And then what they did is they flipped that in the second half, and instead of Love, it was Robinson who knocked them all yeah. down. I think there right. were three keys. I think Robinson, I think to, to plant this future payoff, the, the, the thing that coach identified that he's going to talk about later. Oh yeah. And then uh, I think the zone, um, but the, the zone, the one, three, one, which is knocking out Jokic's effectiveness at the high post, which, yep. which as you said, combo, like every series, the heat prove us wrong. And every series I pick the other team. And now the Heat have proved us wrong again. For for, for now, but yes, uh, they for continue. Now. We cannot keep writing them off. Huge win, though. Huge. All right. right, let's get to our next one before we get too late in the in the pants for this one. The Drew Show. Thank you so much, Drew Carey fan. Uh, Jokic's assist to turnover ratio was horrible. Well, yeah. let's go to that and find out how horrible it was. Jokic had a negative. He had four assists and five turnovers. Well, Terrible. I gotta tell you. One of them was terrible because it was an offensive foul. Uh, that should not have been a call. That was one turnover. Um, gosh, can you picture the other? Um, no. I can't. There might have been another offensive foul. Was there another offensive foul? Maybe just those um, getting the ball taken from him when he's catching it at the high post. There was one or two steals there, I think. Maybe, yeah, they knocked it away from him. So, no. yeah. I mean, he needs to be better than that. And, uh, you know, part of the assist thing, obviously, is that Teammates need to hit the shots, right? Oh. When he passes them, we saw plenty of really good passing, you know, from him, and he was finding guys. Um, you also, know. he had forty-one points. I mean, he was shooting more than passing for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, to me, you know, there are some things that uh, that Nuggets will clean up. They're not going to foul the three-point shooter twice. Uh, I, I just refuse to believe they're going to screw up their squ- switches f- five more times in a game. But and by the way. Every time they got burned, right? I mean, they, it seems like whenever they didn't, they couldn't get away with any of those. Um, the, the reason why they might screw that, I'm sure the coaches will make that a, a coaching point. But the reason they might screw it up is between Porter Jr. and Gordon, you got young players that are kind of bouncing around and maybe not thinking the game as, as thoroughly as they should. Maybe. And then KCP's two fouls, as you mentioned, two fouls on three-point shooters, terrible. Yeah. It ended up being huge in a close game at the end. Um all right, let's get to another, another uh, super chat. We have plenty to get through. So thank you guys so Keep much. Keep the questions coming. Shiny Haxorus, best friend of the breakdown. Thank you, thank you. People discounted the shooting in game one, but teams missing open shots at crucial points kills momentum. Percentages matter less than timely shots. So I like that idea because one shot uh, missed begets another missed shot and people start to press and it becomes a team-wide thing very quickly like that. And also, on top of that, it creates cross matchups, and that's part of the reason why Eric Gordon got those, all those easy looks against mismatches because they were just missing shots, and then it leads to transition buckets. So, you know, when you shoot better, I mean, it makes the defense easier on your part. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's no question the Nuggets got away with a lot in game one. 
Um, just like the the um, Heat got away with uh, the Celtics missing a lot of open shots too. It was interesting. Yeah. So you know that's why people will say it's a make or miss league, and I get that. That's certainly true uh, as well. But you know there also are some other things that people sometimes don't take into consideration in terms of the mental side, in terms of just even the execution of the offense. Was the pass good? I know the guy was open, but did he have to reach down to his shoelaces to pick it up? Like all sorts of things like that that can limit the the um, effectiveness of the, of the percentage. And in terms of that, Coach, when we were watching the game, you mentioned Spo's body language. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. You know, if you watch him, he's probably a great model because um, he, it's, he's purposeful. It's intense. Uh, it's also positive. It's never like negative. It's never mm-hmm. angry. It's not. There's no disgust. He has cleared all of that out of his system so that when the what he's projecting, even when he's just standing there, is uh, emotional stability um, and just that grit and determination. You can see it on his face, and he's locked in, and he's focused, and he's present. Uh, versus other coaches, you'll see that are angry and they're just they're preening and they're just you know throwing their hands up all the time. Uh, Spolster is very un- in control, and I think that really has a lot to do with why these guys don't give up yes. and they don't and and they just stick with it until they can get back in the game. He culture is a uh, real thing, man. I mean, yes. everything they do, I mean, from their contracts where they have to be asserted, body fat percentage. I mean, there's a reason why Jimmy fits in so well there because he has this mentality that fits in with the program of what they do with from Pat Riley to Spo to their best player in Jimmy. And, yeah. and isn't it amazing that basically in about 14 months, three different teams, the Bulls, the T-Wolves, and the 76ers, had the Jimmy Butler experience, went to the playoffs, won, and said he's not for us. Uh, just goes to show and, you that, yeah, te- teams, they, yeah. teams' value isn't necessarily what's going to win you games. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we, we're falling behind in sorry, the super chats, so let's see if we can get to some other ones. I still haven't given you my my. You know, this that's okay. We'll make everybody get to the. You got to be wait to the to the very end of the show, I guess. So I give you the real. It's, key. it's a very subtle thing, but it's an important point that no one has noticed, and I can't wait to to drop it. Yeah, if you the, think you know what it is, put it in the chat. Can you give us oh, a hint? Can you give us a hint? It's something that the Heat are doing on offense. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. All right. So Jay Greedo, uh, thank you, thank you so much uh, for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Would be hilarious if Miami didn't run the zone next game. Yes. Well, we saw that in Celtics when they had the blowout in Game Three. Miami didn't run it at all. Probably would have if they didn't have a huge lead in the, in the second half. Probably mm-hmm. would have. But they didn't run in the first half before the league got too big. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, this is tough, man, because you're talking about the finals and and it's 1-1. Um, but I, I, I don't see, based on what we think the, the, the success is going to be based on PPP, um, I can't see them not running it to you at no, all. No, I think they'll run it. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, my, Spo, Spo is great at always having – uh, something up his sleeve for sure uh what do you think uh combo you know, i think they'll run, i think they'll run zone because they like to mix it up i think he likes just throwing a different look at teams it's not really about the zone it's just about throwing a different look that most teams don't throw at other teams so you know with Jokic, it's just tough i mean but you could say that about any type of defense you throw at Jokic. like that's right he's a, he's a big conundrum and by the way, a lot of times the value is you play zone three or four times in a row, and then as soon as you switch back to man, that possession becomes a confusing one as they're trying to figure mm. out how to attack. You get to stop that way. So there's always that extra uh, layer, even when you stop running it, where you get a you get a bump maybe on that next one. Uh, I did try to tease that out um, in maybe it was game seven uh, just to see if it was a thing. It wasn't much. I think the Celtics scored 
uh, a lot on the next possession after the zone. But we'll look at it in the finals and see if there's any bump there because I, I generally see a lot of times the confusion takes another five seconds to run off the clock before they can get their attack going. Uh, all right, let's get to our next Super Chat. Let's see here. So we have – where is – there we go. Martin Jose, best friend of the breakdown. Thank you so much, Martin. Thoughts on Suns hiring Frank Vogel as head coach. Great hire. One of the great coaches that hadn't been working for the last couple of years. Um, I think the only problem is they have now the highest paid assistant underneath him, just like they kind of did with uh, uh, Ty Lu. And I'm telling you, if you're a head coach and you have a guy – I will say this. It's worse when you have a guy who had former head coach experience as your assistant because it's, it just feels like you're going to get fired and they're going to pick him and replace you. Um, but but you have to, you know, this one's the guy, uh, Young, doesn't have uh, head coaching experience. But um, it, it is interesting that he's now the highest paid assistant underneath Vogel again. You are going to get fired. Okay, you're right. As the NBA head coach, there's a good chance you are going to get fired. So you might as well just do your thing and do it the way you want to do because there's a great chance if your name isn't Kerr, Spo, or Popovich, you're going to be fired. And we've seen that because all the great coaches were looking for new jobs and obviously they got them now, but it just is what it is when it comes to an NBA head coaching position. Now, what, what's Spolster going to – I mean, what's um, Vogel going to be able to do? He can probably shore up a defense a little bit, but let me check because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like the defense – of the nug of the uh, Suns wasn't bad this year. Am I crazy? Let's see here, Phoenix. Um, you got to. It, it was two completely different teams, though. So you got to look at the difference. Right. Like, right. You know I, I mean, mean? the defensive rating was seventh overall, anyway. So you know, uh, but but they, they, you're right. Actually, I guess it's worth looking at what it was after the trade. That that's what we look at. Yeah, I mean, two of their better defenders are on the Brooklyn Nets now. You yeah, know, let's look at that. Um, it seems like there's some repair that needs to be done with the relationship with DeAndre Ayton and that's that's interesting to me to piggyback on what coach is saying is that they fire Monty Williams Monty Williams I think takes the rest of his staff to Detroit but then they want to keep young pay him two million a year to be the uh, lead assistant for Vogel organizationally I, I kind of question that I mean we, we talked last time I was on the show we talked about the importance of continuity and this just seems like you're setting up you know, an escape hatch and, and taking away some of Vogel's um, incoming respect right right from jump. Doesn't seem great. Interesting. We'll see. Vogel is pretty good about that, too, though. He he navigated all that pretty well. Until he got um, fired. I mean, yeah, but that <laughs> that's a tough one. You get He gets fired because um, was two, he already the coach? Two years after he won a championship. Was he the coach when LeBron got there? No, that was Luke Walton. Yeah. Okay. So uh, at any rate, uh, Vogel, it's tough. Vogel won the chip. You know, LeBron, LeBron goes through coaches. Like, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. It's that's a little bit of an asterisk, but yes, uh, we'll see what happens with him this time. But uh, you know anyway. what's crazy about when you say anything about LeBron? Like, they want to peg you, the listeners. Uh, I don't know if it's your show, but just my, maybe, maybe it's my show. Like, they have to peg you either a LeBron guy or a non-LeBron guy. You can never be unbiased when it comes to LeBron. Right. Yeah, right. Pro LeBron or anti-LeBron. But anything you say good about Jordan is somehow a swipe on LeBron. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right, so, right. All right. Let's get to. The Drew show is back for another one. We got I got to scroll a little bit here. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Drew. Uh, is the solution as simple as starting green for Michael Porter Jr.? So obviously, Michael Porter Jr. is now what two for seventeen, something crazy like that in the first two games. So uh, three for seventeen. So the question then is, you know, it, he'll regress to the mean and, and start making shots just like Drew started making shots. Like that's probably yeah. the answer. I don't yeah. think it's time. Yet. Maybe if you go, if, if Denver falls down to one. 
you might look at something. But, um, you know, as of right now, I don't think you have to change the starting lineup. No, you start MPJ. I mean, he's your third best player. You don't not start MPJ just because of the way he's shooting the basketball. And I think in game one, he had a better game than like the efficiency of the numbers showed. Like I thought he played pretty well, even though oh, the, the numbers. Defensively, he was terrific. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a few in and outs in the first game too. Like he probably should have made those shots. So I'm sure he'll play better. I mean, you need to have him because he creates a lot of gravity the way he moves without the ball and the way he shoots the basketball in general. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Now, now Jeff Green, his stat line tonight is fantastic. 16 minutes, one of one, three-pointer, nine points because he shot six of six from the free throw line, one rebound, one assist. That's pretty good for 16 minutes. Yeah. And that the whole bench was great, uh, you know, in that yeah. stretch that got in that lead. So um, they seem to be able to re recreate that again, I guess. Um, yeah. Do you feel like sometimes, like, we're looking at the numbers and there's just some things you can't explain that have nothing to do with the numbers? Because I feel, you know, Denver's bench played well, Jokic played well, but Miami still gets the win. Is there something about, like, heart you just can't put well, in mean, the numbers? I think, I think for this, the numbers are clear. It's the three-pointers, right? Like, yeah. they won by three and they hit six more three-pointers than every all the other stats are basically about even in terms of shooting percentage turnovers rebounds mm -hmm. so it's the threes but I, I think to your point combo what we talked about earlier it's just that constant communication constant press like we're not going to let up on in any area whether we're hitting our shots or not hitting our shots right i right, make one more point wide side so I, that, so I think that heliocentric offense. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, combo, you a LeBron guy or a Jordan guy? No, um, um so I, I love them both, but I will say I talked about this today, and maybe people will kill me in the comments. I think yeah. LeBron is a better overall basketball player than Jordan, but it's very close. Hundred percent. I mean, LeBron's going to finish top five in points and assists, and top twenty-five. I mean, and rebounds. I feel like Coach Nick would never agree with me, but I feel like some of it is biased because he grew up watching Jordan play. Like, and I don't blame him. Like, because I feel like when you're growing up, it has so much impact on your life. Like, you had you season just, tickets. I know, but, I mean, but doesn't, doesn't that give me more um, insight? Because I I was able to really understand. Well, well, did you get the LeBron season tickets early? So it's not I mean, fair. no, but at least I got to watch LeBron. You know. You know, probably, I, you know what? I probably would end up watching more LeBron only because when you were, when you were back then, like you couldn't see West Coast games that easily. Um, so sometimes like they'd show up in the stadium and you wouldn't even know who they were. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, John Stockton, look at this guy. I mean, I remember when, I remember when he first got big, you know, we hadn't heard of him. And then, and then he came in and just killed but the Bulls. So, so that's the only issue is that there, and so now with what we have and since 2000, since, you know, since LB, LeBron, we have a lot more opportunities to watch a lot more of these games. So I feel like I'd probably seen, you know, as much. Right. More. You see the good and the bad, because I seen this um, video going around where Rex Chapman was cooking Michael Jordan. And they said, <laughs> they talk about how like nobody ever talked to Michael Jordan. Like he was a killer. Everybody was afraid of him. But then somebody was sending me this thing where Rex Chapman was just going at MJ and talking all kinds of smack to him. But that kind of gets lost yeah, in the sauce. Send me but that. My, I don't remember. I want to see that. But Michael Jordan, uh, come on. It's really close. No matter what, I feel like people think yeah, like it's, close. It, it's one person or the other and it's yeah. not even close. And it's definitely close in my opinion. Oh, it's 1A and 1B. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get to the next uh, super chat, which is 
uh andre henry thank you so much andre really really this is amazing you guys are great especially the, the multiple super chatters which we have another one coming up uh how would you tell the nuggets to defend the pick and roll on switches against the heat great question well switch how about switching is is, is the key there actually actually do the switch that would help and then you mentioned this during the game oh. who who calls the switch okay so it's an old school version of a switch because they don't really do it like this in the NBA. And I don't even know if it's trickled down into the lower levels either. But the bottom line is what, what it needs to be, and I feel strongly about this, is that if I'm the one being screened, I'm the one who calls switch if I need it because I know if I can get around or not and stay with the man or not. So when you see that messed up, it's almost always because the guy defending the screener just switches. And the other guy getting screened is I'm fighting through because I'm supposed to fight through. And they both go to the cutter. The screener is wide open, and then he's open for a three or for a layup. So it really, if you let just the screen, the guy getting screened to dictate it and it's loud enough, that should eliminate all those issues. It really, it's, and it's an old-school way of doing it, and I, don't, I just can't get out of my head any other, any other way that would work better. Now, what the Heat did that was clever is they ran that, um, that screen for Duncan Robinson. Both Nuggets players went for Robinson, left, I think it was Struess or Vincent wide open, Vincent wide open. And then they came down and ran the play again. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the adjustment that Denver's going to have to make because you're not expecting this. This time, I think it was Braun went over the top, which is how he's playing Robinson off the screen, mm-hmm. which is fine because you're playing him to shoot. So if you go over the top, you're still there to be able to mm-hmm. um, be right in his, in his shooting pocket. But then Robinson just cut to the basket and made the layup. So yeah. that's unexpected from Robinson. So now you've got to figure out how you want to address that. Yeah, I think you need to go. You can you can shoot the gap. So the best way to do that is if I'm guarding a screener, and I see him sitting on the screen on the sideline, I take a step back and I let Robinson go through that hole. Hundred yeah, um, percent. That way he can get through quicker and then still get a hand up if he wants to kind of flare it and shoot a quick shot. And he's certainly not going to be able to curl like he did on that for the layup. Um, yes, and there's, there's basic basketball that we all know Mike Malone knows well how to coach in terms of defense that they need to fix. And, and I would imagine they'll spend you know the next couple of days cleaning that up. Um, I don't think that they're going to screw it up as badly as they did last night tonight, but it was bad. Yeah. The other thing I'm wondering is, I mean, so Jokic has 41 points. That might be the strategy. Let Jokic – Go off yeah. and hold everybody else. No help. No, yeah, I'd stay home on the think, shooters. I think there was a lot of conversation around that before the um, series. Like, just let Jokic go off. I remember, like, tweeting this in the bubble. Like, if you double Jokic, it's just, like, a big problem for everybody. Like, he just finds yeah. people so quick right in the shooting pocket, and he makes everybody around him better. Maybe that is the move. Just letting Jokic, you know, try and get 40 or 50, and so be it if they win that way. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, Daryl Wallace, Daryl, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Miami is a lunch pail team that plays the same way. Yes. Teams like that, teams like that find success because opposing teams like uh, take their foot off the gas pedal. I'm not, sh- uh, I'm still not sure what to make of their chances in this. I I'm right there with you, Daryl. Um, you know, one game doesn't change an entire series. Um, and then, like I said earlier, again, there, there's been, you know, stretches in both these games that the nuggets look completely overwhelming. Um, and so we can't ignore that now. Um, but they, we, I, listen, we, how many times we keep writing the damn heat off they, and they keep proving us wrong. It's crazy. We've been doing this live show. I mean, for a while now during the playoffs, obviously for a while now in general over a year, but in the playoffs, like we've been doing this and we, me and you coach Nick, like, let's be honest. We've been predicting the other team to win. I don't know for how, how long now. So it's kind of crazy. I mean, I never like to pull up my receipts when I'm wrong, but. Uh, yeah, David just phenomenal and just 
proving us wrong over and over again. No, and let's not forget, they were down in the fourth quarter of the second play-in game. And that's how close they were to not even being in the playoffs. Yeah. Now they're Bulls one, one in the final. They're three, they're three wins away from the championship. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a, a product of just the league being so much deeper and there's so much talent that's closer to all-star level than ever before that so many more teams have a chance to win a championship because the average because the average NBA player is just so much closer to the star player than ever before. And, and the variance of three-point shooting. Yeah, yeah, those two things. Yeah. But uh, wait, where are everyone saying, well, you know, the Nuggets were able to get the finals by playing every team in every round with a severely injured star on each team. We're not doing it. Like, we, can't, yeah. we can't do that. We can't do that anymore, Coach Nick. Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody, it happens or it doesn't happen, then we can't, you know, whatever. But um, I mean, I suppose if a team ever made it to the finals and they had they had like three straight series before that where like, Two of the stars got both got injured in the middle of the first game of each series. Like men, we can say something weird, but well, other than that, Giannis missed three games in mm-hmm. Miami in the, in the first round, and then uh, Embiid missed two oh, games. Wait, right? That well, that was Boston, wasn't it? Or wait, who played? Was it Miami played the Bucks? Sorry, yeah. sorry, Miami played the Bucks, and Giannis basically missed it's, three games. It, it's too, it's too, it's too many what, one series though to even do this anymore. You know what yeah, I mean? You're like, right. Right. Yeah. you're right. All right. Hundred yeah. percent. So variance, yeah. three point shooting. That's what it is. Hot yeah. and cold. All right, Flintstone. Thank you so much, Flintstone. Meet the Flintstone. Yeah. Should the Heat play Hero next game? Me and Ben disagree. Oh. Coming off injuries, he's been out I, whatever a month. I, I'd like, say. You don't know I, I'd say you bring. I working. I think you bring him off the bench. Yeah. I think he could raise your ceiling as an on offense, and I think they need a little boost. Yeah, but you really want to be holding the guy's hand like right now, the height of the pressure of the playoffs. At least you're at home. So let me ask some- you. Let me ask you guys this: If it was O two, would you think would you have more like confidence in bringing back yeah. Hero? Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and and you know, if, if at home was a big one too, it's like you can kind of maybe do that with the crowds behind him. Uh, but you know, you don't want to be giving the guy extra minutes just to kind of get back in the flow. We can't afford that. You got to have people who are going to contribute right away and not be rusty and all that stuff. So again, like every possession matters. This this one came down to three points. So mm-hmm. just like KCP with those two fouls on three point shooters, at the end of the day, those two fouls mattered. Yeah. All right, we got another super chat. Are you ready? We have Mo Sa. Thank you so much from S A R. S A R. South. Not South Africa, is it? I think South Africa is Z A R. Anybody? What's S A R? Anyway, someone else I, heard, I, I, I heard 1999 and S A R is one million dollars. Oh wow! Well, that's really generous. Can you look it up for look up YouTube? S A R. I don't know. But anyway, here's the question from Mo: Why does Jimmy Butler always jump off two legs? It seems to be slowing him down, especially on that fast break. Saudi, Saudi. I feel like oh, I'm. Wow. A, I feel like from all the conversations me and Coach Dick had, I'm the one leg guy, and Coach Dick is the two leg guy. I'm a two leg. I, I like two leg anyway, so I don't mind that. And you know, it doesn't have to be slower if you what I call off two feet in rhythm, where you gotta go left, right, stagger, jump off both that way. Um, but I hear you like the, like the jump stop stuff does take longer and it's slower. Um, I, I just think, yeah, Jimmy's really deliberate these days. It's, it's, and he's always been deliberate. Right. Uh, and I, and listen, tip the cap. The guy hit a couple threes that were huge and that like way out of character. Um, and then it's something he doesn't do very often. So, uh, but, but when he does it, it's in the fourth quarter of a close. Yeah. Game. Right. And it's like off of the hop <laughs> where he's, you know, utilizing that jump stop. But thing. what about that uh, fast break where he got, he got stripped. I mean, he just, to yeah. me, he seems fatigued or a step slow and, and, and also his, um, elevation on his, on, yeah. on his jump shot and on his layups seems a little bit, um, Less. impacted. Yeah. 
He needs more big face coffee. Right? Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Um, there, and by the way, this is Mo's first Super Chat. So thank you so much. We should Thank uh, you, Mo. Thank you, me. Mo. All right. Thank you, Mo. We have another first Super Chat coming up in a minute. But that's an awesome question. Uh, and, and I love the fact that you noticed that he went off the, he goes off the two. Uh, you know, and there's one-legged and two-legged jumpers. or so just guys who are natural in one or the other. All right, let's get to our next one. Barth, 3,400 from Canada. You hoser says, thank you so much. Can Denver win? If, and you don't even know what that is, do you, hoser? Yeah. Do you? Some It's some kind of Canadian thing. Uh, it is. It's uh, Great White North. Uh, the, oh, uh, yeah, from, yeah. From um, uh, yeah. Canada, from uh, Second, uh, Second City SCTV. Can Denver win if MPJ doesn't step up his scoring? Yes. Yes. But it's a lot harder – <laughs> right i mean they, they, they can win if aaron gordon's the third leading scorer yeah. they can win if jeff green but but yeah he, it makes it more difficult yeah MPJ will have a more. he'll have a game eventually they yeah. can't win if he keeps getting lost on defense and you're right so if he's gonna get lost on defense and go two for 15 then yeah but what makes up for it a lot of times if on the defense end, if he's you know he's hitting some shots and he's, he's contributing on that end so they need him to be you know, they need, yeah, he needs to be closer in the 40%, you know, uh, field goal percentage uh, at least. And then, and then he'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. All right. Let's get to our next question. Uh, well, it's not a question, but it's a super chat. And this is the first one from Nail Bay. So, thank you. Thank you so much, Nail. Nail? Nail. Nail. Thank you so much. This is your, this is his first super chat. Uh, I'll check the comments if you want to throw a question in there somewhere. We'll answer it for you. But uh, oh, thank you comment. either way for the, uh, for the super chat. Uh, let's keep going. We got another one coming up here. Uh, let's see here. Oh, you know, the other thing that was interesting is Butler shot, um, I think, five five free throws. So Butler's been shooting double-digit free throws all playoffs, and that, that's to another point. Like, something's up, I think. Yeah. Well, we so, have our next step really quickly is James Limones. For, thank you so much. Uh, has a question, which kind of will tie into this. Do the Heat have a chance to win another game or two or three? They will win one more game. Okay, I, I, who who could tell? Yeah, they could win the whole thing. Combo they, could tell. They, they will win they, one more game. And look, I they, I have, I have friends like, on the I have friends on the Heat coaching staff. I want to see them win a championship, but I do not yeah. believe it'll happen. I think the Nuggets will win in six. That's my personal opinion. It's Kar- Karnak. The answer is six games. Okay, there, there's no outcome that would surprise me. Um, really? I, I, really? I, so wait, yeah, I'm, no, I'll I'm tell you what. I'll tell you one that will surprise you. Can I tell you one? Keaton five. If yeah, exactly. That would <laughs> <laughs> right. surprise you, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, <laughs> I can't. I'm. I'm been burned. I can't really. I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, I'm definitely gonna probably say six games. I mean, you and, said. I mean, Coach Nick, you said five or six, so that means the Heat have to win one eventually, right? So I don't know why you would right, jump right, off right. what exactly. you were saying. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, it's just, but the variance thing is real. It's a strange thing that we have to deal with. And uh, again, the mental aspect of this is going to have to be uh, taken care of or, or paid attention to more by coaching staffs. I think that they're going to have to figure out ways to be able to, in the game, snap these guys out of it. Because you can see, even after Struess started out strong, he he faltered, right? He didn't finish. Uh, Struess ended up four for 10, but he was four for four. Yeah, from three yeah. Or, or three for four. So he missed his last like five threes or something like that. So there's got to be ways to be able to snap them out of that too. I mean, no, no three is the same. You're never in the same position in the catch and the whole thing. But, um, you know, there is a, the, the, the um, mental aspect is so profound that we can't ignore it anymore. And right. um, our next, which has Southern ignorance. Uh, thank you so much. 
What do you think of Butler's performance so far? So we kind of talked about it, but we can kind of do another overview of this. Uh, it's been he's, he's not aggressive enough. Um, he, under, he needs to understand that even if he's not shooting it, he needs to be penetrating defense and causing to havoc on that end. Uh, by the way, he hasn't really made any plays on defense either in the last game and a half, as I can think Although of. He was guarding Jokic um, down the stretch, which was impressive. Right. As a, this game um, some business. I mean, second half, he did some good work on Aaron Gordon last game, right? Because Aaron Gordon wasn't as effective in the second half. And I felt like yeah, in the first but- half. First half, he was guarding uh, Murray. So, I mean, he's taking, you know, the top players on the other team. And, and, yeah. and, like, and, like, to the Nuggets' credit, like, there's a reason why Jimmy is not as effective on offense because he probably exerts more energy on these matchups on defense. Right. But he shot 37%, 21 points. Like, he's been averaging 28 on almost 50% shooting in the playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, it is – It's but, it's but, hey, regardless of Jimmy's performance in the first 46 minutes – is there anybody you'd rather have in the final two? Probably not. No. And, you know, and he, again, he finished uh, seven for 19, um, two for five from three, which is huge. Good. And then the nine assists, like you mentioned, from 21 one, points. One so he's, he's, he's almost there in terms of the production. Uh, although, again, we're more accustomed to seeing shooting in the 50% in the 50s and shooting double digit free throws. Yeah. So, you know, so yeah, which would have indicated, you know, another a 28, 29 points, which is about, you know, I think they feel a lot better if he can get a little bit closer to that. But they, a win is a win. And um, let's get to the next super champs. Thank you, Southern. Uh, the Drew Show back again. Thank you. Thank you. Shaq wasn't on a body fat percentage protocol, just saying. So when he was there in Miami, they definitely didn't. And I don't think Lowry is. I don't is think either. Lowry is either. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I think- I, I'll tell you for sure. Lowry made sure that wasn't in his contract. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you can kind of, you know, get in there um, and, uh, and whatever. Uh, let's see. Well, here's a member. Let's put a member's question on here. Thank you so much for being a member. Did it feel like the Heat hit nearly every mid-range pull-up mm, off a of pick-and-roll? Coach. Okay. That's getting close right, to your let, point. Let's get to my point. That's getting close to your wheelhouse. That's a good question. Okay. So if you know, here's what's killing the Denver uh, defense, and it's for the last – and by the way, it's every defense in the Miami Heat play. It's the pocket passing that they make off of all the handoffs, and then it also bleed into their pick-and-roll game too. But my favorite part is the running full speed handoff, and then bam, they quickly bounce uh, pocket pass. It's giving them all sorts of short roll stuff that they're getting either directly into a dunk or a layup, or then a kick out to attack a long closeout and, develop, and directly affect the shots. That is the key. And they, they go away from this too often. And I'm not even sure exactly why, other than the fact that their flow of offense and we're all humans and not robots. Uh, but w- when they stick with that, that is, you know, with Bam and as the fulcrum. And uh, everybody's running around them. But Lowry Butler, Robinson uh, coming around. It's actually Robinson Moore is is great at it now. Yeah. Um, That is what's killing them. And keep your eye on this. I'm going to chart every pocket pass they made last in tonight's game. And I'm suspecting we're going to see extremely high points per uh, per possession on all of those when they do that. And Lowry especially was just making the perfect perfect read, perfect pocket pass to Bam at the free throw line. Yeah, that's crazy. I just, as you said that, I saw a highlight of that. So weird. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
So only know. here, you only get that here. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that that's everyone comes here cut. for. All these people here on the show. Uh, the Drew Show, man, is just dominating the uh, <laughs> love it. The super chat. So let's give him another run here. Jordan wasn't on Tesco. Oh, um, and Tesco <laughs> EPO. Uh, I don't know what that is. What what's does that, that mean at the end? I don't know. But I, you I, don't, know, I don't know what's that. What, what's that hashtag? What's going on there? I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Um, but but we know what he's talking about. And um, Drew must be from Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, or Miami and near uh, Balco and all the other places that have that right. stuff. So um, that's interesting. Do you, be, we, do, you believe, do you believe there's smoke when there's smoke, there's fire when it comes to that? Yeah, well, um, they, they don't test in the playoffs. So I'm sure all the high level guys. Coach, uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, about LeBron specifically? Yeah. Hmm. Do I want to have don't I get, said, have don't, I said it? don't get fired? Have I said my thoughts? Fired for yet? what? You're the CEO of B-Ball Breakdown. What are you getting fired yeah, for? Right. I'm, I'm only the president. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, th- it's hard to explain how about two weeks after he loses in 2014 to the Spurs, they had a picture of him where he looked like a like he survived World War II, LeBron James. And he comes back that next year terrible like he had no lift no explosion he was like kind of thin and then he takes hmm. three weeks or a month off of the season remember this in the middle of yeah. the season he goes to miami yep he's playing for cleveland at this point and he comes back like m- mother effing superman so i don't know how you explain that in, in, in another in, in any other way but um you know and we do know that uh, they had asked uh, Derek rose once a while back uh you know on a scale of one to ten how, how many players are you know, using uh, what's it called? Um, Performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, that. And he, I think he said eleven. You know, he said yeah. whatever it was. So, you know, there's a lot of there's smoke, and uh, I, I'm a, I, I tend to believe that there's probably some some real fire there. But hey, here's the thing: just make it legal. If you wanna, if you wanna cut your life short at the end of the of your life for that, I suppose you're allowed to make that decision. You know, and, and that's are we sure? Are we even sure? Cut your life short. We don't know. Uh, that. You know, I, I suspect that you, you, there are some very debilitating in, um, um, medical issues you develop off of that. I mean, you know, I don't think Walter Payton died at like 50 something, you know, from natural causes. And I know I'm sure he was, you know, because he, he was getting just destroyed every week for the Bears. It's like he, you know, I, I don't know. So now, by the way, I don't think that Walter Payton was using even performing enhancing drugs. He probably was using all sorts of painkiller stuff. That was uh, yeah. the problem. But at any rate, um, yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, let's get to the next one. We have plenty to go here, and time is running out. Uh, BB, BB, thank you. Thank you so much for the very generous super chat. We really appreciate it. You know, <laughs> Whoa. that's actually not the right, a good one. What's this one? No. Terrible. Sorry, BB. Oh, that's something. That's, that's LeBron not happy to there you go. All right. One very underrated ad. By the way, I tried to reprogram this and it did not work. So maybe Ben, you'll help me figure out how to get like better, funnier uh, stuff. We need to things. get one of the teenagers in here to do that. One very underrated aspect of Hero's game that may add another dimension to the Heat's offense is the pick and roll with Bam. He generally does a really good job of reading the D and making plays off of screens. So, again, just like I saw about the pocket passing stuff with the two-man game with Bam as a fulcrum, yes, uh, there's no question that Hero was great at that as well. So then you'd add, you know, Robinson, Hero. Butler isn't even great at it, but, like, Lowry is. Um, you have three guys. Struce, actually, you know what? Struce's his superpower might even just be handling the ball and running his own pick and rolls, honestly, yeah. and then catch and shoot threes. 
So, um, yeah, it's those three guys that really just put so much pressure on the defense. So, yes, if they can get Hero to kind of just play within himself and run that action there, kind of get going, get a ladder, um, you know, that, that, that should be able to help them a little bit. I wonder if they're going to start Love again. I would. Yeah, I would. Or maybe start Robinson. That would be an interesting look. But then you mess with – then Gordon's just going to take Robinson I, down. I, I would start Highsmith. Yeah, that's an interesting thought too. Uh, I think I like him where right where he is, don't you? Like he's he's well, I mean he only played six minutes tonight. Um, I, I don't know. I just I don't feel think- like I just feel like he changes the game every time he's in. So why not start him? Yeah. But I mean, I, it's, it's right. easy to say. I mean, it's easy to say not to start him now because they won this one. But yeah, you know. that's a great point by BB. That's that is because I was thinking of Hero coming in and you know just jacking up some shots, but. That's a great point that he runs the pick and roll with Bam efficiently. Yeah, and, and also the handoff game with him too. He, he those are the two things. So if he can get into that and and realize what I'm talking about as far as all that pocket passing stuff, if if he can get in his head that that's what they need to really run, and does it, then yeah, then he'll he he could help them. Uh, Rich X Wolf, thank you so much, Rich. We saw you last time too, and thanks for being back, Coach. Always play the official theme song every video. What's the – you mean the epic beat drop? That's the so is good. They're it's not, so good. But they're though. not all um, – you know what? And I got to tell you, I think I'm working on it like a new song. It's in that vein. But, like, you know, we got to spruce some things up. It's been that way for like five, six, eight years now. Um, but um, – and not, not every video is epic. That's the problem. That's like, true. It's true. And you do have a good song selection. But yeah. that song just gets you hyped. Yeah. All right. Well, also, will Doc and Bud get jobs? And does this raise Duncan's trade value, win or lose, with his shooting? Um, no, his contract is still too too high. No, nobody's going to pick that contract up. Especially what, what is the, he at? You know what is? I want to say it's twenty million a year. Uh, well, twenty million isn't what it used to be. <laughs> you know, we should all be so fortunate. <laughs> but hey, don't, let's not forget. By the way, first of all, oh, by the way, he plays in Miami, so there's no income tax, which is huge. But yeah. it's only no income tax for forty-one games. They remember they tax you on where you play. Um, but don't forget that, like, you know, I think what five percent goes to his manager. Or his agent, another couple percent probably go to the lawyer, uh, and then taxes. Oh, I'm sorry, there is no income tax, but there's federal tax, and then there's taxes on income tax on every other city he plays. Just throw, in. throw your W two in the chat if you want us to, right. to so look at it. He's not playing twenty. He's not getting twenty million. He's getting ten. Ten. You know, yeah. hey, uh, Less, it, it's probably. nice work if you can get it. His salary for next year is eighteen. Yeah, uh, and then nineteen four, and then then twenty. So he's not even at twenty. Yet. It's a good value. I think that people. I think you could get mileage out of a contract like that. Um, but to answer his question, uh, you know, Doc, probably not so quickly. Bud, probably not. Uh, you know, they had multiple jobs all in a row for a while. Um, I, I don't I don't, I don't are there, know. Are there any open jobs right now? Toronto, right? Interesting. Right? They haven't announced Toronto, have they? No. No. But they were looking at some European coaches and stuff, so I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, but I mean, yeah. Doc and Bud are both championship winning coaches, so yeah, they 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 can get jobs. It's just is it the job they want to take? Yeah, can, well, can, God, they, yeah. Like, can they? I don't know. Like Doc, I thought everybody thought he would have got the um son's job, but he didn't. Well, did right? he even did he interview for it? He had to, because he probably interviewed for. It. I mean, I'm sure every every team interviews Doc. I guess yeah. You, a lot of times you hear like you know who's in the running. I didn't hear anything yeah. about it, but. 
Because you remember when he got uh, fired by the Clippers, he like he like sprinted to Philly like as quickly as he could. Uh, it felt like to get that job, like he couldn't afford to have a day off of you know being not hired. I want. I mean, it'd be fun to see him in some analyst job commentary. I think it, I think it'd be pretty cool at that. Yeah, he did yeah. that for one year right after he, he retired from playing. Yeah, that sounds familiar. He was the Spurs analyst. All right. Well, that, that's that's um, that's kind of random, no? Well, and then uh, remember he took the Orlando job and he was going to bring Duncan with him, and then he said no, no family members on the team charter, so Duncan stayed with the Spurs. Well, I I, I think his team at. His son and his daughter are podcasting now, so maybe he could podcast. Are they? Huh. All right, well, let's get to our next super chat, which is just uh, a pluribus unum 13. Thank you for the super chat. Um, no question in there, but maybe you know, if you want to throw one in the comments and I see it, I will throw it up there. Uh, I guess Chris is not around today, huh? Oh, well. Hmm. Uh, didn't see him, but then again. Here's e pluribus unum. Uh, well, let's see. Let's put his question up here. Good, good. Look at the eyes on Ben. Why doesn't why don't more teams mix in zone? The Heat have shown it's a worthwhile defense to use when necessary. I wish I could answer that. Uh, Great question. I, I, they, they should absolutely be pressing. They should be playing zone. They should be mixing it up. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Any ideas? I feel like I feel like it's just the 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 thought that like NBA teams have too many good shooters. That's really it. right. Yeah. But you, as we're seeing, like you also can find teams that don't know how to attack a zone yeah. very well. I mean, yeah. they, they get snimed. So, I mean, um, you guys, you guys play basketball, right? When you see a zone, I mean, you guys are pretty happy, right? I mean, you're going to get open shots for the most part. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tricky because you know if you're playing man and you got Jokic, I'm happy there too. You know, like it's just, but but what what Spo does or what the Heat do with the zone is it just. When, whenever they throw it in, it just switches everything up for a few possessions, gums up the works, and the Miami Heat are very comfortable when things get hectic like that. Yeah. And I think yeah. most teams don't have the focus to play zone, to hit the rotations the way they should, and then be comfortable in that chaos. Fair. Um, absolutely. Now, uh, Pluribus Unum, that was his first Super Chat, so thank you. Thank you very much uh, for that. That was awesome. Um, you know, it's an interesting question uh, I see in there uh, in the comments about uh, them, the Denver not calling a timeout. They just opted to go down and shoot I liked three. It. Here, I, I didn't, and I was. They had two timeouts, and they could have called one of them. I didn't. I don't know if I liked it only because you know, if you want to catch the defense not set up, that's one thing. But in that situation, the defense had been back; they were waiting for them standing there. At that point, it doesn't necessarily, you know, make I've, a cha- lot of sense. I've changed my opinion. You're right. I you know like I mean? it when it's a broken field and it's chaotic, but yeah. you're right. The defense yeah. was set. Plus, they had 16 seconds, so they could have seen the defense was set, called the timeout, still had another timeout in their back pocket. Yeah. So I, I would have gone for a timeout in that situation, you know, just to, to you if know. you're if you're Miami, when do you foul in that situation? Uh under 10. Oh, and then Miami doesn't foul, which is even worse. But uh yeah, they uh under 10 seconds. Yeah, you can get into the free throw game because then there, there might be the foul you make in the free throws, and then they foul you, and then maybe one more. Right. But maybe not, depending on how that goes. So that's about all you have to deal with. And, again, no team has ever made the first one, missed the second, gotten the rebound, got it behind the three-point line, and then made that shot to win. So that's a big part of it. Uh, and then more likely than not, they're just going to shoot two free throws, and um, you'll win the game. Yeah. All right. Let's um, – Let's look at uh, the Drew show. My goodness gracious, he's all over the Thanks, place. Drew. Thank you, man. Uh, has Caleb Martin's coach turned into a pumpkin? 
Um, is that his shooting coach? Is that what you think he means? Or his? I don't know. What do you think? Spo? It's not talking about Spo, is he? No. I know one guy that works with him. Um, I don't know. All right. He don't. He don't remind me. Jake Hall. His name Jake Hall. <laughs> no, but I think uh, I know a guy that trains both of them, Jake Hall and him. But I don't. He doesn't remind me of a pumpkin. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's just variance. And and Martin, you know, was not a great three point shooter in this during the regular season. I heard he's, he's I heard he's a little sick, right? So, so, oh, that too. Uh, yeah, he was fine tonight. I mean, he right, he shot. Wait, what did he shoot? Uh, where is he? Caleb Martin was one for two from three at least, and one for three overall. So like I, I would say minutes. you know that, that was more how he was feeling sick. But remember, his shooting form is really kind of catapult y. And I, I, you're going to see, you know, wild runs. The fact that he stayed hot for as long as he did was probably more impressive than anything. Um, and he hangs in the air, and the release is a little bit violent sometimes. So I'm not surprised at all that he'll, he'll miss shots. Um, ben has a point about LBJ spends millions on his body, and that is absolutely true. He does the cryogenic freezing stuff uh, and and all sorts of things. So orange uh, slices, orange slices, uh, orange tacos. Slices? That cause it. That's that's that 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 leads to millions. That's 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 two or three bucks a week right there. Yeah, that adds it's up. Talk to you say when you have enough people. So, um, yeah, there's no question he does a lot of things on uh, across the board to keep him going, which is uh, amazing. Uh, I would like I would like daily massages or whatever he also might have. Um, let's see here, Justin D. So I think we're getting to the end here because this game, this this live show has been going on over an hour. Nice. Now let me make sure that this might be the last one here. All right, this is the last super chat. So thank you so much, Justin. Let's give you. <laughs> you know anything about Adrian Griffin? Surprise the Bucks did not go with Nurse. Yes. Where does Milwaukee go from here? So, uh, well, what we know about Adrian Griffin, we know he played for the Bulls and then Tibbs. Oh no, shoot, did he play for? Oh. Who did Adrian Griffin play for? Um, as a player, anybody? No. Milwaukee. He played. I, I know. I mean, I can see him right now playing in in Chicago, but where is it? Adrian Griffin. There he is. Okay, but he played a lot of seasons. Oh, actually, he didn't play a lot of seasons. He played uh, eight. Boston. So he played. Uh, he played for Rick Pitino. Holy moly! Uh, let's go. How about Dallas? Did he play for? Uh, oh, Don Nelson's Dallas team. And okay, so that's interesting. Interesting influences. Uh, then here's Chicago that I'm thinking about for part of a year. For Scott Skiles, wow. He, 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 and then who else did he play for? Chicago again for Skiles, Pete Myers, and Jim Boylan. So um, I don't know. Adrian Griffin, that he was an assistant, though. That's the other next question is Adrian was an assistant for who? He was just in Toronto, right? So he was an assistant for Nurse. Uh, why don't they have it in the coaches area? Hmm. Hmm. Anybody? Uh, now I really feel dumb because I know I know all this. I, I know Adrian Griffin. I didn't talk to him. Um, are you looking it up? Basketball. Yeah. Let's go. Let's look at his coaching tree. Here, it'll be on the Wikipedia. So here we go. Um, a Bucks assistant, and then he's a Bulls assistant, and then a Magic, and then the Raptors. He was with the with the Nurse. So he was with um, in uh, 2016 to 2018 OKC. So that's um, hello. Um, you know, from Providence, you know, Billy, Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan. Um, and then in Orlando for one year, eh. and these are the bucks 2008 to 2010. Who was that? Uh, God, that's a good trivia question. Who was the bucks coach played for PJ Carlissimo at Seton Hall? Oh, wow. All right. That's interesting. Hmm. I hope he doesn't, you know, which I saw Carlissimo was doing, uh, the radio radio. Well, for the game With Latrell Sprewell. 
I didn't see Sprewell there. I don't think that you'll see them together. <laughs> I wonder if they made, right. hopefully they made up. So wait, where did he go? Adrian Griffin. So he was the coach of Milwaukee in 2008 to 2000. So he was um, an assistant to So he played for Scott Scales and he was an assistant for Scott Scales. Interesting. Well, I don't, I certainly hope he doesn't use any of those methods uh, that Scales used. Um, but um, I don't know if we know too much about him other than that. What about you, Combo? I don't know too much about him. Yeah. So I just don't understand what they're doing. Uh, they have a championship contending team and they hire a coach with no high coaching experience. It's crazy. It's interesting. I don't, I don't know exactly what that In- means. Interesting is, interesting is being generous. Yeah. It's crazy. It, yeah, it doesn't really. Now, again, you know, Steve Kerr comes in and wins a title with the Warriors. Yeah, but that's like if Mark Jackson had already won a title. Right. And they fired him and brought in somebody else. Wait, that's Plus You're Curler, Popovich, comp- and Phil Jackson. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Ty Lue. Ty Lue takes over and wins uh, in the middle of the season. Yeah. But, um, you know, but you're right. It doesn't, it's not the thing you like hang your hat on and like, all that. we're going to do that one thing that happened twice in a hundred years. Um, so it doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm still in, in, interested in, and we'll cheer, uh, you know, Coach Griffin on. Uh, Comrade Chimpy, thank you so much, friend of the breakdown. What happens to the Nuggets trio with a new CBA? Ooh. Well, isn't, isn't the, um, isn't it going to go up again? The uh, salary yeah. cap? Yeah, but then the, all the tax, whatever. Yeah. I, I think they can keep it together for another year or two. Yeah, I mean, I was, like I, I, I feel like MPJ is locked in, and Jokic is definitely locked in, right? I mean, these guys are Murray. locked in. Yeah, I mean, listen. Bruce, at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter if, if you have MPJ. If you got Jokic and Murray, yeah, that's and they're and, both healthy. That's I mean, contender. Bruce Brown will probably be gone because he's going to get some more money somewhere else. But the thing is, they lost their great GM Tim Connolly last year to Minnesota, who then traded for Rudy Gobert. But like <laughs> Connolly was great at finding these guys. Um, I mean, he drafted Jokic in the second round. So that's that's where it'll show is is not the third guy. It'll be like the seventh, eighth, ninth guys. For sure. All right. We got this. We got to get out of here, but we still have a ton of people here. We got another super chat to get to. Eric is thrown out there. Thank you so much for super chat. Take on the no timeout last. Oh, what's my taking on the no timeout last 10 seconds? Is a pin down screen for Jamal into a more rhythm ISO a better option than a scramble? We saw Jimmy was exhausted. Uh, I, I, we kind of talked about it, but let's talk about it one more time. Uh, I, w- they definitely should have. Yeah. Yeah. They combo. Definitely. Should they call a timeout? Definitely. Yeah. Now that said, they got Jamal Murray, got a look to tie the game. I mean, that's, you're not unhappy with that. Yeah. I mean, then I was ha- unhappy they didn't foul. Yeah. Uh, and then they were dribbling <laughs> in place for five seconds. They could have just taken the foul anytime they needed to there. So, um, what's the best argument for not fouling up by three? Um, you know, yoke, yoke. So, so they hit the first free throw and then Jokic gets a tip for the second one. Yeah. So that's why you don't want to do it. But you know, the, there, there's some sort of madliness where we're just going to be able to D up and, and, and we can't, we don't deserve to win if we can't get a stop, but it's like, no, you just, you know, eliminate play, play the, the possibility. No. So, all right. Um, Joe, Joe star, star. LOL. I feel like LeBron can play for another five plus years if he's willing to play as a veteran point forward Agree. for the teams. Or am I just crazy? LeBron fan. LeBron is a goat, by the way. I, I agree he, with both points. I mean, we the decline is real, and we're seeing evidence of it. But even with that, he's still terrific. And the decline is real, and he put up twenty-seven, eight, I, and eight. Yeah, I think I think he can play more than five more years and be effective. No, he's not playing more than five years. He's playing. I bet you. 
three tops. No, no, no. I'm not say, no, I'm not saying will he. I'm saying he can if he wants Could to. He? Oh, um, maybe. But remember, he's also breaking down every year and missing a huge chunk. So you don't think he could be better than Zeller in six years? I agree with Combo. He, in six years, he can probably still be better. You know, I think an interesting comparison for LeBron at this stage is Magic when he came back in 96 and he played point power forward coming off the bench. Yeah. Had a triple-double in his second game after not playing for four I think years. There were, I think there were some different circumstances, but I see where you're going. Yeah, but just in terms of LeBron as a more um, ground player, not not um, using his athleticism, but just using his strength and his smarts and posting up and making the right reads, LeBron could play, well, I think, easily another five years. I mean, Robert Parrish played till 46, right? No, I think Parrish was like 42. I think 42 is the max anybody's played. Yeah. So LeBron's 38 right now, five gotta, years before. We got to right. Google and we that. Know what- Parrish's secret was yeah. What was yeah. that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not non <laughs> non performance enhancing that, drugs. That, that that doesn't work for everybody, by the way. That could actually hinder some people's career. True. Oh, uh, the way I feel today, I agree. Okay, um, I think that's our show, man. Awesome stuff. Really, definitely one of our best shows, probably because there's an earlier game time. We had more people in here, and they're not much to sleep on the East Coast. Thank you so much to the unbelievable amount of super chatters tonight. Thank uh, the Drew you. Show gets a special shout out. Uh, for his uh, multiple, multiple, uh, uh, you know, super chats. Thank you, Daryl, as well, and everybody in there. I, too many to mention, but again, thank you so much. It really helps us keep this going. Um, and that's it. Please stay tuned for the video tomorrow. I'm going to break this thing down. I'm going to focus on those uh, pocket passes probably more than anything else to keep it tight and focused. And again, I'm here to give you things that no one else will see, that you won't see it from anywhere else. So my game one video, it might have been similar to what you ought to see other places, perhaps, maybe. This one will not be that way. I'm going to make sure and make it really unique, and you're going to want to come back for, for more. So, uh, Combo, thank you so much for being here. Ben, as always, great to have you where I can I can hit you. There's uh, – what's that? If you're interested in what we talked about with positive coaching, I wrote a book about my experience coaching overseas, Zen and the Art of Coaching Basketball. New York Daily News calls it a terrific read. It, there we go. Gotta there see, you go. See it. Love it. Flush. Love it. Love it's a great it. book. You know, it's funny. I read this digitally. I, I'm not used to seeing it in, in real. Yeah. Uh, this is a terrific book. Um, a great message. Great way to learn uh, more about coaching. And if you are a coach, uh, there's some terrific stuff in there, too, about unlocking the potential of your players. Uh, definitely. Uh, Ben's great writer. You need to buy that book. Uh, ASAP. Zen in the Art of Coaching Basketball. All right. Well, don't Thank forget, you. sports fans, the B-Ball Breakdown. We're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, everybody? In. I'm in. All right.